Welcome back to the show. In this episode, I sit down with my friend and writer, Dave Pennington, and we discuss this concept of both doing enough and being enough and what does that look like. As entrepreneurs, both of us (laughs) could potentially be working all day long. Perhaps you can relate to that, but it doesn't just apply to entrepreneurs. It applies to everyone, both in your family life, in your personal endeavors, if you're working for someone else. So when will it ever be enough? When will you have enough what does that look like so sit back enjoy and we would love to hear your thoughts on this topic as well this episode is brought to you by shopify forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everyone. We are back with Dave Pennington, and I have just declared Dave my best friend. He is very excited. All right. (laughs) Away we go. It's on record. Away we go. So Dave and I have been working, we've known each other for several years and we've been working together more closely. How many months now? Six months? Uh, Since January, I think. Yeah, holy cow. Yes, it was. So since January, um, and Dave, Dave is a writer. He's a writing coach. How else would you describe yourself in terms of what you do for work? Uh, I do whatever interests me mm-hmm. at that moment, frankly. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a, the core of it is helping people put better words to the page to help, you know, tell a better story, find a better audience, um, whatever that entails. So yeah, writer ends up being a writing coach, um, writing consultants. Yeah. He's wonderful at what he does. Um, you know, I like to surround myself with the best. That's why <laughs> I'm making my best friend. But what we're talking about today, everyone, is this idea of what is enough. Right now, I think a lot of us are struggling because there is so much to do and we never feel like it's done. So where do we draw that line in the sand saying, you know what, it's been enough today. And maybe it's not just about today, but maybe where I've made it in my career is enough. I know that's not always popular to talk about, especially like in my circle of personal development where we feel like we should always be striving and growing and reaching. But is that the case? I feel like we all need to make that decision for ourselves. And so as Dave and I have been talking about this concept of of what is enough, he's got an amazing perspective on it from what he does as an entrepreneur and all the people that he helps. I have a perspective on it from the people that I help with their fitness and weight loss goals. So I'm excited to talk about this today, Dave. Yeah, me too. Because um, as I was like mentioning to you earlier, I'm, I'm working on a slightly bigger project. So it's good to kind of workshop some of these ideas just to see um, what you think. And uh, I'll, I'll actually open up with a question for you. Um, on average, like this year on average, how many hours of work, hours would you work in a week? Would you do things that you can consider work? You know, that is so interesting. I wish I had better like working parameters (laughs) because it's hard for me to quantify it, but I definitely easily work 40 hours a week. 40 hours. 
Yeah. Yeah. Probably more because I work on the weekends. I work full days. I work on vacation. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying it is what it is. And isn't it weird where like we, you and I, like you do your own thing. I kind of do my own freelance thing. And like we left this world of work where, you know, that, that for most part is defined as this 40 hours a week, this nine to five Monday through Friday. And then we leave that because we're looking to like free ourselves from that work environment. And then we're just like, cool, here's 60 hours a week. Also, what are you doing Sunday morning? You're probably catching yeah. up on email. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's, and I, I kind of hit, hit this wall last year and I was just, I was taking on a ton of clients. I was doing all this work and uh, I just like the money was good, but I hated absolutely everything I was doing, everything. And then I looked at it, I was just like, I'm, I'm just, I'm working too much at this. You know, it's just, it, it's not sustainable. So I slowly started peeling my, my work week back to where uh, I said, it's like, I'm only going to work on client projects three days a week, period. And if it doesn't happen, uh, I picked um, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, right? And if it doesn't happen on those days, then it goes to next week, right? Uh, and then lately I've been messing around with this idea of uh, basically 12 75-minute blocks of work throughout the week, right? Which works out to about 15 hours, which is a little bit on purpose because I came across this article about this, this op-ed where this guy was asking why aren't we working 15 hours a week? Which I didn't know was an option. Like right? nobody, nobody tells us like, what if you only could work 15 hours a week? It's like, well then, you know, and we, we think it's like, well, that's a part-time job. That's like, it's like, no, at all, 15 hours a week. And it's like, is this a new thing? It's like, turn no. So I did a little bit of digging. turns out this idea was, it first came across in like 1930, right? There's this economist, uh, John Maynard Keynes, uh, in the U.S. at the time, in 1930, and he basically theorized that his grandchildren's generation would be working at max 15 hours a week. Because what he was looking at is, is he was looking at uh, all this all, all this productivity enhancements in in our society that was happening, right? So, you know, between the the years of uh, 1919 to 1925, he just saw that there was a 40 percent increase in factory job output. And that's just through innovations and things being invented and kind of the consequence of the industrial revolution, 40%. So he just does some loose math and carries the one. And it's like, okay, well, then by the time my grandkids come around, 15 hours a week. Because like, right then, you know, we had all these, uh, all these workers' rights things going on, right? That's where the whole eight-hour workday came from, 40-hour work week. It happened there where uh, it was like eight, eight hours to work, eight hours to sleep, eight hours to do with what you please, right? That was I think it was a chant on a cardboard sign or something like that. And then it obviously didn't happen. Right. Right. In fact, uh, cause, cause there were two, two theories about this because there were other economists. He wasn't the only one. There was another one, Malcolm Turnbull, who, who agreed to a party. So that uh, higher productivity is going to lead to more jobs and higher wages. Whereas Keane said, well, higher productivity, as in our machines are more productive for us, uh, is going to be an economy with fewer jobs, fewer working hours, but higher wages, right? Of course, I mean, we're all just thinking in theory, right? right. What it comes down to is like, okay, what, like, what are we actually making and how are we converting time into money? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, history did its course, uh, you know, and they're saying like, 
since 1970, all office work has increased by like 70% productivity, right? And that's all driven by computers, right? Mm -hmm. Desktop computers, you know, goes from typewriters to fax machines to email and, and the internet. Um, and it's somebody did a, a study where farm tech, right? Agriculture development uh, has increased the productivity of, of farmland anywhere from 10 to 30% per year since uh, I think it was like 1991, right? Now, whatever that means for the quality of food that's actually coming out of that productivity, that's, that's a different podcast. Entirely. I know, my mind just uh, cringed. But across the board, the, the idea is like, okay, we can now do more with fewer people. Mm -hmm. So where did that productivity go? Why is it that we have you know, all this technology that allows us to be more productive than ever, yet we're working 60 hours a week. How is it we keep working more as the productivity tools get better? So what happens with that, right? And it's, it's a little bit of like a political, economical, I don't know, fuck you, I guess, where if, if I owned the machines that actually produce the thing, then absolutely I could work 15 hours, but most workers don't, they don't own the means of production. Mm -hmm. Their employers do, right? And so while you know, the wage growth over, you know, since like 1950 today has been really stagnant, uh, you know, CEOs and, and the people who own the companies have seen a thousand percent increase in their payment, right? So that's where all the productivity goes. And once you, you know, get that blood in the water, your boss just like, okay, one or you can now do the work of 10 people with this machine we're going to work you around the clock. This machine is going to work around the clock. And as this machine can do more on its own through automation and various technological advances, um, you're more expendable because you, you no longer have to have to know how to build a car from the ground up or how to, you know, weave a tapestry out of something. It's, you know, a machine can do it. We can program a computer to do it. All you have to be there is just to push the button and make sure it doesn't break. That's it. You can train anyone to do that. So, now the, the, the wages that workers are, are getting are going down. So yeah, we have, to, we have to work more and more and more. So when you came around with this idea of, you know, it was in, I think it was an email that you had sent out about, you basically asked, what kind of superhero would somebody else have to be to do your life? Mm -hmm. It kind of brought it full circle. It's just like, it's not just in the world of work anymore that these, these lapses of productivity are happening. It's down to our very day-to-day -day life. Yeah. So it was just a real, real fascinating thing where we all have a million to-do lists and we're all looking for these apps to solve all of our problems and make our lives easier. But it's almost like the more we use them and the more we hand over to them, like the worse off we keep putting ourselves. You know, it, I don't know, I don't know what, you, what, you, what your thoughts were about that. Well, it's like we're <laughs> moving in the wrong direction. A couple of things stuck out to me with what you are saying that I want to point out. So the machines are getting more efficient and able to do more. Um, so in theory, we should be able to do less, right. but we're doing just as much and something about like the population. So we still need population is growing as well. So it's like a double whammy, more people, machines that are more efficient. Can't remember exactly where I was going with this, but it's like, we shouldn't be working more. Just to your point, we should not be working more. But we are. But we are. Um, and then, of course, the soil. We're not going to talk about the quality of our soil today. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 
I agree. We're, it's trickling down. It's not just at work. It's at home. It's in the, the expectations that we're putting on ourselves. And um, it's just not, it's, we can't not keep up at this pace. Mm-hmm. It's a recipe for disaster. So you, you felt burnout last year? Yeah. yeah. And it, it happens about every year is, is I'll say, no, I'm going to pull everything back. I'm only, only working this much, only going to do these kind of projects. And then the creep sets in Yeah, and I get it. And it's almost like you know, we were talking before where, you know, you work 40 hours a week for your boss. And then one day he says, Hey, can you work 42? Because I need you to stay late to handle this special order. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't want to say no, because you want to be on your boss's good side. But every time you say yes, you're kind of, you're giving them another inch of rope. You know, it's like, all right, a little more, a little more. Next, and next thing you know, you're, you're working 60 hours and there's no way you could, like mentally in your head, you can't sound to be like, we got to go back to 40 because he's already adjusted his entire, like his entire productivity based around uh, the leverage that you've handed to him. Uh, like, so what, what do you do with that? And then we, we take that home with us when we forget how to say no. You forget how to say no to things. And, and you don't even realize you're saying yes to things when you download TikTok and you start up a new TikTok account, or you decide you're going to do X, Y, and Z on various social medias, or uh, whenever somebody lands a random message in your inbox, if you don't actively say, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to respond to this. I'm not going to deal with this. You're effectively saying yes. And that's a little more that they take away from you. I um, was just talking about this with a coworker and also because I'm going to assume you also do what you do because you genuinely like helping people. I'm going to assume you like helping me put out better writing pieces. Even if you don't, let's assume. (laughs) We'll assume yes. (laughs) I genuinely want to help as many people as I can. But last year I felt burnt out as well. So I had to make the call. Okay. I'm going to focus just on my groups. I'm not going to take on -on one-on-one clients. That works until someone reaches out to me and says, are you taking any one-on-one clients? I've been pretty good. I I haven't taken on any additional one-on-one clients this year. Um, But it's very, very hard. It's so hard to say no because I want to help them. And I was talking about this with Coach Alejandra on my team. She's had to turn away personal training clients because She's got a baby at home. She has a nine-year-old at home. Kids are at home. They're not at school. Like, she doesn't want to say no to these people, but it's, it, it, there's not time for her to show up the way she wants to for her family and then also train all the people. But it comes back to also, I think, this worthiness. Like, I have to do more to show. Look at me. I'm, I can do this. I can do this. So yeah. it's a lot to, I think it has a lot to do with that not being enough. So we keep doing more. Not and, every time, and every time you do say yes to something, you are effectively saying no to something else, right? Uh, and, and even if it's not the, I can do this, or even if it's like this altruistic, I, I, I have to help more people because it's my purpose or whatever other bullshit you're selling yourself. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I got to take this client on because I got to pay money because taxes are fucking coming up again. You know, it's just... Yeah. God. So it whittles away. And so when you mentioned this idea of enough, 
maybe I mentioned it. We started talking about it. It was like, yeah. what is enough? Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's actually, I've actually started looking at it as find the most arbitrary point on a map and decide I'm going to make the most possible time for that. And then I'm only going to work just enough to make sure I support that and like the basic needs around it. And my arbitrary point was this absurd rose garden that came pre-planted with my house outside. And we're talking 17 giant rose bushes out here and it's middle of summer. So they're going nuts right now. So it's like, okay, I got to give myself 10 hours a week just to prune roses. (laughs) I wish I was kidding. Prune roses, pull weeds. So how do I basically support, like, what am I going to have to do to support that 10 hours? And then mm-hmm. also make mortgage and groceries and bills and all this other stuff. And you kind of walk it back out and you're just like, yeah, if I, if I price it right, uh, it's 15 hours a week, period. And then the work that I'm actually doing for the clients, it has to fall in with a very specific 15 hours. Yeah. Because if I don't, that's where the creep comes in. That's where they say, oh, well, you're, you're online Tuesday morning. Can, can we do a quick IM chat and, and things like that? And it's like, no, because that's going to eat into your... 75 minute block that I've set aside for you right now. Right. And, and I have this other project that you've also asked me to do. So no. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's, it's, what is that one arbitrary point that you can say, this is what I'm going to make the most time for. Right. Or, or it's not arbitrary. Maybe it's like, yeah, your kids, your marriage, your, you know, more, your book list, you got to get through. I haven't read a third of these fucking books behind me. Right. You because haven't? I just, no, it's just decoration. <laughs> That's why, that's why the camera's pointed this way. Makes me look smart, right? Yes. Um, but it, it, and it's just straight out, just like, wh- why am I not dividing the time to the things that, that matter? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if you're going to work, work so that you have enough. Mm-hmm. But in our mental, mentally crazy society that we have right now, it's just like, well, you know, you got to be more productive. You got to do, uh, you know, it's not just that you have to work 40 hours a week, but you have to figure out how to make that 40 hours look like 80 hours. Yeah. Like now, how about you only work 15 hours and you make those 15 look like 40 if it's got to look like anything. Try that. See what happens. Well, I think that's fantastic. Well, because people will always, they'll always get more out of you. Just like you said, they'll always, mm-hmm. if you let them. Mm-hmm. So we have to be really firm in who we are and what's important to us. And this might be another conversation, but you have to know what are your, t- I like to say your top three priorities. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't fit into that, it doesn't fit into the 15 hours. Yeah. And it, there's a little bit of that. But then when you kind of set this up, because it, it, it's not easy just to say, I'm going to work 15 hours because right. you have to, you, you, you can't go. Uh, especially when I was working with, with all my clients, when I was working 60 hours a week, you can't then just say, you know what? I'm only working 15 next week. Cause then there's, there's, you're, you're going to set yourself up for failure. So you kind of got to taper it down a little bit and start, start building walls around yourself where figure out how they're getting to you, figure out how they're eating up that time and put up a wall. Uh, which is why when I, when I sign on with a new client, I just tell them, I'm not joining your Slack channel, period. Not at all. Because a lot of my clients, they are, you know, existing companies and existing teams of people who bring me on to, you know, either help coach or consult uh, the writing team that they have. And they all have a Slack set up for their company and they are all on it all day long. And if I'm in there, that's where a hundred percent of my time goes. 
So I'm not actually writing for anybody. I'm not actually helping anything. I'm just filling in boxes. So I tell them, it's like, I'm not on your Slack channel. I have an email address. Yeah. You should send me the email. And uh, in the twice a day that I check email and reply to email, it's only twice a day. And I know I could do it once, but I'm not there yet. I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's when I'll, I'll get back to you. Right. Once in the morning, once to handle anything that happens over the day. And then that's it. Everything else, you know, you got to step the wall or even, you know, you know, we're in the, in the self-promotion entrepreneurial, I'm trying to start my own business thing. You know, they, they tell you, it's like, well, you got to have a Facebook and Instagram, a Twitter, a TikTok, a Pinterest, uh, this, the, that, and then, you know, why? You know, it's like they say, it's like, well, with each platform is you're tapping into a whole different audience. Like, you know what? A lot of these audiences are on every platform anyways. Just pick one, just pick um, one and go for it and quick side uh, note. delete the rest of it. Yeah. Dave is the anti Gary V because that's yeah. Gary's way of thinking. In right. case you all don't know that. If you don't know who Gary V is, don't worry about it. But um, you're not missing anything. But that is what you said is so true. The other day I posted a screenshot in my Facebook group for my VIP community because it was really com- funny conversation between me and Pat. And so I posted the screenshot and they saw how many unread text messages I had. And they're like, oh my God, Kylie, do you seriously have 100 unread text messages? I said, I sure do. You should also see my Facebook messages and my email. Too many people, like it's too much. So I have to draw the line and say, who, who am I going to get back to? It's just too much for one person to handle. I just, uh, I, I said it so it doesn't tell me the number of unread because that that drives the anxiety. It feels like I just got to get rid of that number somehow. And you could either get rid of the number by deleting or replying to everything you're supposed to, or you get rid of that number by going into your settings and just saying, don't show me this number. And uh, they both work. They both work just fine. Uh, When you reply to people, they have this really annoying habit of replying back. And so, yes, if somebody has told you the information you need to know, don't say, hey, thanks, because mm-hmm. then they're going to reply back, no problem. And then it's like, it's like, it's one more fucking thing. That's why uh, I like the re- reaction response for a text, because you can say, yep, I read this, but you don't have to do any of that business. I kind of like to leave them hanging, leave them on red, because then they think, oh, sh- did I do something wrong? <laughs> and then they'll come back next week, and they're very apologetic, and then and you kind of have something over them. Um, but yeah, it, it's this, it, it's what is enough in that when you ask that question everywhere, especially in this kind of whole anti Gary V thing that uh, it's not the hill I'm going to die on, but it's a, it's a good frame of reference for me. Well, I mean, he had this thing for a while where it's like, if you want to make it big, you got to produce 80 pieces of content every day. And he had this whole slideshow about how to do it, where it's just like, first you do a tweet and then you take a screenshot of the tweet and you put it on this platform and that platform and you write this thing and this other, and this other, and it's just like, so every day you're, you're doing 80 pieces of content, right? What, 400 pieces of content plus a week? Well, the that's world, The world does not need that. Nobody well, fucking needs to no, see nobody that needs it. And also that's cool until you have clients. And then you're like, so now I got to create content and serve my clients? No. Too much. No. What's enough? What's enough? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I, I write a lot for clients, um, you know, they all want the blogs, just like you, just like everyone else. It's like, we want a blog every week. I'm like, why? What, what are you going to do with that blog every week? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, just, it's this idea that if they're not always producing something new, if they're not on top of the stack, if they're not 
you know, able to jump into the top of somebody's feed before they get scrolled all the way to the bottom, they're going to miss. It's like, what if you just had 10 pieces of content and those 10 pieces of content were so fucking awesome Mm -hmm. and valuable and reusable where whether you post about them today or a year from now, they're going to get the same value because what we forget is that, you know, if we're all sitting on top of, you know, 500 or a thousand followers, again, it's that, it's that poverty mentality. It was like, I'm going to show this to my thousand followers and then I got to find something else to show those thousand followers. Or you could take that thing that you showed the first thousand and then figure out how to show it to the rest of the seven and a half billion people in the world who haven't seen it yet. Uh, you know, if, if you need that much, that many eyes on your stuff. Right. But really it's just like, like if, if a thousand people aren't going to respond to it in the way you want, then maybe you need to think about what you're showing them or the thousand that you're showing them to like, what is enough? Cause a thousand is enough. A thousand is enough. You know, there's, enough. A, there's that theory out there of the, the thousand true fans, right? If you had a thousand people and each of them had a reason to give you 50 bucks a year, that is $50,000 coming your way. Yep. So what's your number? What is that number? That's enough. Divided yeah. by a thousand, that's how much you need everyone to pay you mm-hmm. in a year. What is that? I love that. And, you know, it goes back to that old what idea of quality over quantity. What? That's not an old idea. This you ever heard of it? Of I it. just came this up with this. It. It's called quality over quantity. Trademark. <laughs> you heard it um, here first, folks. <laughs> quality over quantity. All of these ideas. But you're absolutely right. You know, I recently just switched. I was putting this pressure on myself. Silly pressure. I have I always have to have a motivation Monday quote. I gotta have my tough love Tuesday. I gotta have my wellness Wednesday. I gotta have my Sunday morning vibe post until coronavirus coronavirus hit. And I was like, no, I don't have the energy to do it. No one's gonna miss if I don't post this. I did like I this conversation was in my head. Kylie, no one's going to be like, well, I wonder why Kylie didn't post this morning. No, Nobody's why? wondering why you're not posting this morning. Get over yourself. They never will. They, they never, never will. Because they will never know that you're gone. But before, before the virus hit and everything shut down, it's like, yeah, guess what? Everyone else had 80 hours a week of stuff that they had to care about between work and family and everything else. And the very last thing on their mind is your regular content. Like now, which is if your stuff is good, then yeah, they're going to be like, I wonder where that is. Or thank goodness it's got in front of me. But yeah, your motivation Monday, (laughs) nobody ever cares about that kind of stuff. Nope. And if you do, you need to go find a job that's 40 hours a week. (laughs) I mean, and I got this really great advice from my business coach too. This is the same line of thinking that they have. There's so much noise out there. Don't add to the Mm. noise, add value. And I'm like, yeah, if this is not valuable information. I don't feel like this is, this is truly coming from my heart. I'm not going to share it. It's not worth it. For sure. For sure. Because that is, we, we have this idea of constant productivity and constant growth. And we've learned what well, we haven't learned. We've seen it where there is no such thing as infinite growth. Right. And again, kind of going back into the, the economy of it is like, if you, count on something growing infinitely out of a single resource, then it's, it's eventually going to fail. Right. You know, you, you can say, well, we're going to have oil forever. No, you know, we can produce more of it, but no, eventually it's going to fail. Uh, and that goes with really anything, 
anything that we're trying to grow out of. And it, it's the same with your, your time. Like your time is your finite resource. And then if you're always trying to produce more and make that, you know, 40, 15, 10, whatever hours a week, super, super productive, eventually you're going to hit a wall. Yep. And you know what? That's fine. So long as that wall is also enough, you know, and you're getting enough of out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so true. I mean, I like, I like how you brought up the idea of constant growth because I had this, um, realization yesterday or Wednesday next year. I'm not focused on growth. I am focused on nurturing what I have mm-hmm. because I don't have the bandwidth right now. We don't, there's too much uncertainty in the world. And just even saying that out loud, it was so freeing. Like I don't have this expectation on myself to like get this many more members in my VIA community. I don't have an expectation to run seven rounds of lifting at lean. We're going to, we're going to sustain, we're going to maintain. And that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. Which is good uh, because it also removes this other mindset that we have of basically just consuming that resource where you're just, yeah, seven rounds of lift to get lean. And there's what, 50 people in a round, hundred, I have no idea what you do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, if you, if you have 50 or hundred people and that's okay, that is 7,000 people. If my math is wrong, probably 700 people, <laughs> 700 people that you got to go out and find. Uh, and yeah, that can be exhausting if you don't have the right channels to do it. But if you find the 500 people who are just like, yeah, I'm in it for the long haul, you know, this idea of not consuming and discarding, it's like, I'm here for this. Yeah. Let's make this better. Yeah. Um, that's why with, with all the clients that I write for, it's like, well, we're, we're going to write something longer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm working on books right now for people because a blog post isn't going to cut it. A blog post has, you know, a shelf life of fucking 10 seconds nowadays. It seems it's like, well, if it's a book, then that's, this is going to be almost a landmark idea that's going to sit out there. And yeah, it's going to take a couple months to put together, but once it's there, you have this really solid idea that somebody else can build off of mm-hmm. if they wanted to, that you could build off of that, that, you know, so it's no longer that you're basically going hand to mouth with the thing you're trying to produce, but it's like, you, yeah, you got, you got this thing that can stand on its own for a little while while you figure out the next thing to do, whether it's nurture, whether it's build another product, write another book, whether it's nothing at all, just chilling. Right. That's weird. Resting. It's so weird. So resting. Exactly. And oh you God. guys see, do you guys see where our worlds collide? It's because it, it's relevant all over the place. Mm-hmm. I, people will come to me working out seven days a week. What? And I, I, I cannot say that I have never been there. Rest days are hard. I get it. But mm-hmm. that's not how you grow. You have to rest. You have to rest with your business. It's just, you have to take the time off. You really do. That's why, you know, a lot of companies are like, well, maybe not a lot, the few rare companies, how about it? And the academic folks who do the sabbaticals where they're just mm-hmm. like, you know what, you're not going to teach this semester. You're going to go off to the South of France or wherever the hell they send them to just not work and to take your time to, you know, develop that curiosity into something else, you know, bring us back the thing that is going to help push our company, our institution to the next level. And we are absolutely supposed to do that with ourselves too, which is why maybe we should all be working and figuring out how does that 15 hours a week work 
how do we do that? How do we get back to that? You know, it's not going to happen next week, but you know what? It could be next year if you wanted to, if you worked on it from today onwards, because I mean, a, a lot of my clients are surprised to learn that at most, at most I can write for about two hours a day. I believe at most because it's, uh, one, I'm getting old and all these finger joints are getting a little crunchy and you know, it just hurts. I'm just, I'm old. Um, but and then, but then it's just like, I need the rest of that time, especially if I'm diving into a new project or if I have to like write a, writing a book means you have to come up with new stuff, which means you got to do a lot of research in having that time to just browse the library when it was open or the internet or, you know, just seeing, seeing what weirdness is out there because that's where the new ideas come from is, is taking the time just to see what is outside of your, you know, set perspective of the world. It's like, you know, and in, in your 40 hours a week, like, you know what your job is and you know, everything that is within that job. But the thing that's going to make your job go from being, you know, $50,000 a year job to the $70,000 a year job. It's, it's on the other side of that barrier. Mm-hmm. You just got to, you just got to take the time to go and look for it and, and figure out what it is and then work, but you need the time to do it. Yeah. And that time comes out of rest. And, and, you know, that's where your brain just takes a break and just like, ah, oh, now let's go through all this shit we've been saving up. It's like, I'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Here it is. So you go back in your head and you're just putting together all these ideas and most of them are weird, but you work them out and then eventually, Hey, maybe you had the brand new thing that the whole world it just needs right now, but you'll never know unless you take a day, a right. week, a year off to do it. One of the books that I recommend my clients read, it's called peak performance. And when I read this book, I thought it was going to be all about like how to optimize your productivity and how to do the things faster and better. It was, but the way to do it is to rest. Mm. And so the whole book is about how and why you should rest. And it's everything you just talked about. Because resting is also just the way to stick it to the man. When yeah. You it, right. And, and there's a, there's an account I'll, I'll send it your way. I think it's called like the nap Institute or the nap, the nap ministry, I think. And it's this, it's this woman that basically, um, you know, this this black woman who said that, you know, capitalism is, uh, she, she's drawing parallels between like, you know, the capitalist society and, and the racist tendencies that we have. And, um, you know, they, they want you to work, they, the big brother government, whatever they, they want you to work mostly because they need something to tax. Right. Yeah. Great. So you to give them that, but also you, we have just seen what happens when a whole bunch of people aren't working. Yeah. We start to, we start to pull back the covers on things. We start to look at the world and mean like, wait a minute. Like I haven't had the energy or the time or the capacity to think about the, the awfulness that's happening in the world right now because I'm so busy. And at the end of the day, I'm so tired. All I want to do is watch TV and fall asleep, right? Take away the job. People got 40 more hours a week to be like, hold on. What the hell is this? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then the, the institutions that we've relied on for these paychecks, we started realizing like, wait, we've been getting screwed. What the hell, man? So this, uh, the nap ministry is, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Um, it, it is focused entirely around that where it's just like, you have to take your time back. Mm-hmm. You have to take it back from people, from the people who are trying to, 
who are saying is like, we'll pay you X number of dollars per hour as though it's a favor, you know? It's like that, that was, that was kind of the big thing for me. It was just like, yeah, nobody could like pay me by the hour anymore when you really think about it. Cause like, I, I just think I'm that great. And I think everyone should think they're that fucking great. It was just like, yeah, 50 bucks an hour. No, hundred bucks an hour. Nah, 10,000. Well, maybe. I would do something for $1,000 an hour, maybe even $1,000 an hour. Only if I get to have fun in the process. (laughs) Uh, Prostitution, maybe. We'll see. You heard it here first. We'll see. But this idea of, I mean, the the whole idea of work was just to keep people out of trouble, right? You know, and then the more work you do for someone else and that person, you know, has a reason to keep you around and- Mm -hmm but they're always, they're always going to make a little more money than you. And yes. that, that, that should kill you. That should kill you a little bit. But I'll tell you what else I see too. Um, and I'm not saying I haven't been there or I don't even get caught up in it too. Places will dangle those carrots in front of you, those money carrots. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you like get certain, used to a certain lifestyle but it all goes back to that, when's it enough? Okay, I've got this fancy car. I have this awesome house. I have these really cool whatever. I don't know what people spend their money on. But you get used to that. And so you're like, yeah, if I make more money, then I can even buy more stuff. When's it enough? It's not making you happy. I've noticed it's actually a little bit different is that you, you just it's not that you have a goal that I want to buy the bigger, better next thing. But when you have more money, you always figure out a way to spend it, don't you? Always. It's Day. like if you if you go from spend, from making forty thousand dollars a year to eighty thousand dollars a year, and you were fine at forty, but for some reason you don't have just an extra forty thousand dollars sitting around at the end of your eighty thousand dollar year, like where does it go? What happens? And it's yeah. it's you know nobody nobody takes that leap from 40 to 80 rarely right it's usually it's like 40 and then 42 and then 45 and then you're just like oh we can do just a little nicer reward yourself treat yourself and the next thing you know you have a thousand books you don't read and just a, and a room to put them in and a house to put that room in and, and it's yeah. you know well so, but what is enough what is that number you will always find a way to spend it and you know mm-hmm. i'm an entrepreneur and i launched my business little over three years ago. And I have seen that kind of growth, like exponential growth. And, um, I will say my retirement savings is no different than it was when I was managing a yoga studio, barely making $25,000 a year. I now make significantly more than that, but I'm just spending a lot more. (laughs) Don't tell Pat. Don't tell Pat. Pat cannot watch this episode. I don't think he watches any of these anyway. Yeah, he doesn't watch anything. He'll like my stuff. And I'm like, oh, did you like that thing I posted? He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, that tweet. (laughs) So again, why why are you tweeting? Why are you putting all this effort into content that's going out for someone to like, but not actually gain anything out of? I know. Yeah. It's a big question, but people have to figure it out for themselves. I think that's the other big thing. Only you know what's enough. I can't tell you what's enough. It's on you. It's different than anyone. Eventually you, you find that number. You're just like, okay, figure out that number and then work backwards. Um, you know, and, and, and it's, it's all going to come back to like the relationship. Most people with the relationship with their work and their employer. And cause the employer is always going to want more, mm-hmm. always going to want more out of you. And, uh, and they hold all the power, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, 
it's like, well, if you, if you can't do more for the same amount, no, well, I'll find someone who can. And then, so we just had to figure out a way to take that back. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, smash the state, burn everything down, whatever. What? That's, that's my solution for everything. But <laughs> I know. It's, what do you, how, how do you do that? How do you have that conversation? <laughs> well, but the same concept applies if you are your, your own boss, because like you've said, I believe, I mean, yeah, I'm my boss, but actually, nope, my clients are my boss. Mm -hmm. So, um, you still have to like be the one to draw the line in the sand, say when is enough. Sure. You can't email me on Sunday. You can't text me on my personal phone, whatever it is. I don't know. You're not, I'm not the boundaries gal, but, um, I'm working on it. We'll get you some boundaries. Lord, you need some boundaries. Now that I think about some of the stuff you've texted me. You need some boundaries. Um, <laughs> no, we're best friends. Uh huh. Okay. I'm you to be my best friend. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Well, this has gone off the rails. I like this concept. This is why I like talking to Dave. We can talk about stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's really important stuff. It is. Especially right now, like you're right now, we're all finding out what's really important to us. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You shouldn't be going anywhere doing anything. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> we should not at all be doing that. Um, maybe it's a different podcast, but we, we were talking about that the other night where it's just like, when, when do we have that? Because it's, it's obvious, like we, we screwed up our chance to fix this pandemic thing. Like we, we just blew it, completely blew it. And I was talking with my wife, Carly, about it. And, she, and I was just like, we're, we're all going to get this thing. Yes. We are all getting this thing, period. Like we had the chance to not, that not be the case, but we screwed it up. Mm -hmm. So we're all going to get this thing. Now it's just a matter of going back to that idea of flattening the curve was like, let's just make sure we don't all get it at the same time. <laughs> like, and, and so what, do, what does that look like? And, and still compromising this, this idea of reopening things and getting people back to school and work and, and getting the economy running and all this other rhetoric we're working with. What does that look like? And it's like, well, we can't just say, no, 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 don't go anywhere. Absolutely stay home, mask on, you know, hide in your cocoon because then you're a con. It's like, we, we have to do it very, very, because nobody knows how to do this. We haven't done this before. So we just have to take one small step in a direction figure out if it's the right direction, right. Uh, take another step if it is, figure out a different way if it isn't. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like eventually like we're all probably going to get this thing and we just kind of have to resign to that idea that it is what it is. Um, and then maybe we'll learn for the next time, but we won't. <laughs> we won't. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's a, uh, but yeah, it's true. Like a lot of people are figuring out, huh? You know, it's like now that, you know, there's that meme that's going around. It's like, if you don't come out of this pandemic knowing nine languages and have started no. a business and done all this other crap, then, you know, you, you didn't need time. You just need motivation, which I think is just a, um, like it's everywhere. And I call bullshit on it every time because uh, it's very much like, a collective trauma we're all dealing with here. Yes. And yes. it's just like, even still, even if you don't have the job and you're stuck at home and you're trying to, you know, deal with working at home and raising a kid and all this other stuff, like there's still that component of enough. 
that's got to get built into this. Otherwise, yeah, if, if you leave your work laptop open on your dining room table, you will work 24 hours a day. It oh. never ends. Like you have to, you have to be like, all right, you know what? When I was, I, I remember this when I was working full time in, in an office where the 40, 50 hours a week I was there, I still probably only worked about 15 hours that of that time because the rest of the time is, oh, everybody's coming to the office. We got to say hi to everybody. We got to do this. We got all these stupid meetings. This guy's jumping by my desk just to burn off another 20 minutes. We got two hour length. We got all this. I mean, it was advertising. So we wasted a lot of yes, you and I, I love talking about our advertising stories. Yes. So we, we wasted a whole bunch of time. It's like, yeah, it's like we spent 40 hours a week in the office to do 15 hours a week. Now we're all at home. Mm-hmm. So what if we just work the 15 hours and we showed that we could do just as much in 15 as we could 40 in the office? What mm-hmm. if? Yeah. And you'd be surprised how much you'd be surprised how much you get done when a coworker isn't walking by your desk every 25 minutes. I will tell you one of the things that increased my productivity was um, it wasn't just because Brooks went to school. My workday didn't change. What it was, my workday now ended at three when he got back home. So I had a cutoff time. So you better believe I wasn't lollygaggling around from nine to 12 because that was my go time. Whereas before when he was little, I would just do a little here, a little there because I could work all day long. Only problem was I felt like I was working all day long, got resentful and all the things. Started school and I was like, I'm not going to work after three. So I was more productive in those hours. And that's a great way to do it, Dave. Absolutely. One, uh, I had this old laptop with a really crappy battery. Like it was just old and the battery lasted full charge, maybe two hours. <laughs> yeah. So the, the the days that I knew I had to get X, Y, and Z written and done and out the door, I would take that laptop to a coffee shop because that's where all writers work apparently. <laughs> and um, I wouldn't bring a charger cord with me. So it's like, this thing's got a two hour clock on it basically. And then it's dead. And I had to make that battery last as long as possible. So I get to the, the coffee shop and I wouldn't jump on, I wouldn't turn the Wi-Fi on because that would just eat more battery. And, and I, I just plow away at that because if you don't put that limit, that's why I have 15 or 12, 75 minute blocks throughout my week. It's like, it's either happening in this block or it's not happening. And when you yeah. kind of set that restriction on yourself, uh, you get a lot more done in 75 minutes and you'll get done in eight hours most times. Okay. So it's, Set, you got to set those walls up. You got to figure out uh, what's enough and then set up a wall around it. And that's, that's what it is. And you know, I, always, I like to think too, if we all start doing this, like let's all get on the same page and then it will be fine. Like, you know what? You guys, nobody, nobody post on Facebook on Saturdays. So we're not on there. You mm-hmm. know what? And nobody do Instagram on Sunday. So we're not on there because it is that like FOMO. Like, oh, well, they're there. I need to be there. If, if I'm not there telling people where to find their protein, they're going to go see Sally tell them where to find their protein. So I need to be there. Anyway, that's probably another conversation, but. Um, yeah, fuck Sally. What does she know? <laughs> she doesn't know anything. <laughs> she it, doesn't have my personality. <laughs> it, it would be interesting if we all like as a, as a collective global, whatever had these experiments, because like you post something out on a social media channel and for the most part, it's there. It's not going anywhere. Uh-uh. And so then maybe all of the, you know, the, the tech algorithms, we like, well, everybody left except for this one day of the week. So we'll just figure out how to show them all this content on this one day. 
or they won't. And they'll just show you ads because thank God they came back. Now I got to show them ads so we can pay the bills. Uh, (laughs) Oh, crazy. Well, this is a good talk. Yeah. On a Friday, no less. On a Friday. I'm not done working just yet, but I almost am. Good. Today's a short day for me. Good. Yeah. Good. No, well, I'm going to get back to it and, uh, you know what? Start thinking about a book for me. A book for you. Mm-hmm. Like a coloring book or <laughs> like <laughs> oh, no. numbers? What's yeah. uh what's the one we open a pop-up book? We could do a pop-up book of Kylie's <laughs> butt. Whoa, <laughs> butt. Kylie's big book of butts. Pop up. Oh my god, you're onto something. No, I'm not. I'm not coffee doing table this. book. Like sign. I'm saying books. I'm saying no. I'm saying no to this. So I can say yes oh. to the better idea. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for chatting. I love chatting to you. I can't wait to figure out what we're gonna talk about next. Something esoteric, I'm sure. I mean, I'm always I'm always digging into the next thing, the next idea, the next uh you know, just what what's gonna interest me next. So we'll talk about that whenever I figure out what it is. Yeah, my book. Your book. All right, Dave. Well, have a wonderful weekend. I'll be chatting with you soon, but not on Sunday because it's Sunday. No client call. Okay. We'll see about that. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope this gave you some things to think about and maybe you'll start to sit back and analyze your life and draw a new line for yourself or actually put your foot down and say, you know what, this is enough for me right now. And also give yourself permission to change. Sometimes you can dial it up and enough is gonna be a little bit more. And sometimes you need to dial it down and enough is going to be a little bit less. But I just want to remind you that you are the one that gets to decide. Nobody else can decide for you what is enough. Have a great day. Bye-bye.